This is Neil Sharp from Life Changing Conversations and today I'm doing what I do best, lying flat on my back, chilling out. I'm back here with Mahendra Siani from Therapeutic Touch and he is an incredible, wonderful healer that I've had the opportunity to work with before. I met him for the first time last year, had a treatment with him and was absolutely amazed at the results. He also was uh, very gracious and generous at helping through a tough period of my life when my dad passed away, did treatment of my dad and my mum as well. And I'm back with him today because I really want to find out more about him and his story and what he gets up to. So Mahindra, firstly, thank you so much for joining today's Life Changing Conversations podcast. Thank you. And um, so tell me, what are we going to be doing today? I know you've got me flat on my back and you're going to be doing a treatment on me as well as telling me your stories. Tell me what we're going to get up to today. So we're going to check to see how you've maintained your body since okay. I last treated you. Uh-huh. Uh, we're going to check if your hips and your core is functioning, how it's supposed to be functioning. Uh, and check your alignment. Check your energies, see that your chakra is all stayed in alignment. Um, and we'll take it from there as, we, as we're going through. We'll just check that the whole body's working in harmony. Wonderful. And whilst we're doing that, I want to get a bit more about you and your story and how you ended up doing what you do and where you are today and what brought you to this point. How does one go from being a chippy to being um, you know, a master healer like you are today? So I had um, a terrible accident. Okay. Uh, so um, basically we were cleaning up a yard. Uh-huh. for new stock to come in uh, and again just following instructions this is going back from what people told me because I don't actually remember the full accident um, I, I was told that I was guiding a forklift truck driver um, the driver we come to an end where we were going to place the steel sheets um, and the driver from what I understand instead of um, lowering the sheets, he tilted, and as he tilted, the whole load of, I think, three hundred and seventy kilograms basically come down on top of me. Wow! Um, so it fell, come down at an amputating effect. So come down on my feet first, and then over on top of me, and causing a number of problems. So with that, I had nine fractures to my head, and multiple fractures to my feet. So in total, I had sixteen fractures to my body. Uh, with other breaks and stuff but as a result of that then um, I had to stop obviously doing chippy work because the complications were I can't see properly anymore uh, and I can't stand for long periods of time Um, so again then it was a long journey for me in the sense of finding something that works so you know let's just you know, focus on that. So what was the extent of the injuries? You, you know, that's, that's like more than a third of a tonne of, yeah. more than a third of a tonne of metal sheets that dropped on you. And you said like 16 fractures, but you know, just tell me about kind of what state that you were left in and you know, how that affected you. And so when I woke up, um, I couldn't see anything. It was just waking up to pitch black. Um, I remember laying in hospital, trying to get out of my bed and my wife saying to me, you know, stop, you're not, you're not, you know, you can't get out of bed. Uh, I remember saying, I've got to go to work. Um, and she's saying, you know, with a scared voice, I remember her voice saying, you know, you can't get up, you can't get up, please just stay in the bed. Um, and then I remember just hearing footsteps and basically the doctor saying, you know, at the time I was Patel, I 
changed my surname after my accident. Um, I remember them saying, Mr. Patel, you know, what you're doing here, you should be in the morgue. Uh, and then words has kept scared me for life. Um, they've, they've scarred me, really. Um, and that's when I understood that, actually, I've been in a huge accident. They didn't know if my eyesight was ever going to come back. They told me that I had multiple fractures to my feet. Um, and again, I, I just remember what, to me, must have been the next day, because I think I must have passed out. Um, I woke up the next day. And again, the same thing. It was just pain, everything black, not being able to see for, I don't know how many weeks. It must have been weeks. Um, and again, looking around, trying to see things, trying to understand what was happening to my body. Couldn't sit up because every time I sat up, sat up, there would just be what I know now what it was. Um, but at the time, it just felt like liquid was just running out of my nose and at the back of my throat. Um, now I know it was obviously blood. Um, and then it was just, again, slowly over weeks, I was able to see a little bit more each time. And the extent, that's when we realised, when the doctors actually told me then that, look, okay, I was seeing through probably a penhole by the time we actually, I was able to, I was able to sit up. Um, and again, it was, that's when the doctors come and told me that you got nine fractures to your head um, and multiple fractures to the feet. And I would have to live on medication for the rest of my life because I've got damage to my pituitary gland. Um, we were told we couldn't have children. Um, and basically I'd have to have tab medication, which is hormone replacement, to control my kidney function, my growth hormone, and my immune system. Um, from an emotional perspective, what was going on for you, like hearing these, this, this diagnosis, this prognosis of, of, of your situation, and you know, the pain of the accident and everything you're going through. Yeah, emotionally, where were you? What happened? Um, I was, I think it hit me so hard that for me, it was number one, I kept on saying to myself, I'm not a man. I can't be a man. If I, if I can't feed my own family, I can't have children, I can't fend for my wife, I don't know if I'm going to be able to walk, I know I can't drive because they've told me I'm not going to be able to see. I think, you know, for me, it was all over. For me, my, my life was over. I just couldn't see anything in front of me anymore. I, I just wanted it to be over. Um, I just couldn't understand why it happened to me. Again, that, that every day, why me, why me? And just in pain, just, just trying to understand um, and make sense of why it's happened to me when I've done nobody any wrong. And you know, in the depths of that darkness and the depths of that despair, sort of how low did you go? You know, was there a point where it was just more than you were able to bear that you didn't want to be here anymore? Uh, yeah, I, I went, I think, I could say I went below rock bottom. Um, I just wanted to end everything. Uh, I remember shouting at my wife to tell them to leave me. I just, I just didn't want her to be with me. I just told, you know, I was even saying things just like, just leave me, I hate you. you know, even though I didn't hate, I actually loved her, but for me it was just, just leave me. You can't live with somebody like me because I can't, I can't look after you. 
for me, it was, you know, my life is over. If my life's over, I shouldn't be dragging you down. Uh, and I just wanted to end everything. So where did, how do you go from the depths of that darkness to reclaiming your, your, your very manhood, reclaiming your power, your authenticity, your sovereign being? It was with the help of my wife that basically said, look, you've always wanted to do massage. So before my accident, you know, when you would go to people's houses and somebody would say, my shoulders are hurt and you would just give them a massage. Everybody used to say how strong my hands are. So for that, we took it for an advantage and said, right, okay, let's, let's use that. Um, and we started pursuing massage courses. Um, again, it wasn't an easy challenge because the local colleges were we've never taught a blind person. So it was really difficult. They'd put me in the back of the class, basically listen to, listen to the teacher uh, and just with the tape recorder. Um, again, you just get background noise. And again, you know, it, it, was, it was hard, but finally we, uh, we, we got to understand that um, if we use a scribe, then it would make it easy for me. Uh, and that's what we've done. Mm finally successfully passed my massage um, and then my sports massage course. Um, and that's when I think everything really started falling into place as to where I wanted to be. Because uh, I realized that when I was massaging people, I wasn't actually getting rid of the pain. And for me, knowing what it's like to be in pain uh, and being in pain at the same time while I was trying to help people, uh, I just knew I couldn't do it. And I had to find a course or find someone who could help me to help myself and help others. Mm -hmm. That's where I found a teacher, uh, Marius uh, from Blue Chip. Uh, he was wonderful because he was, he understood exactly where I was coming from and he allowed me to be the guinea pig for the whole class for every session I went. Um, so I would be palpated as in, you know, other therapists would touch and feel what was wrong, find that my body was misaligned. Uh, and then he would come along and explain what was happening to my body. Uh, a number of times I remember him saying, Henry, you're not going to like this. <laughs> and uh, he would manipulate it and crack it and put me back into alignment um, with a few screams here and there. And sometimes I even had tears, but they weren't tears of pain. It was tears of emotional release of the nervous system. Um, and again, that took me to another journey again because it would release so many emotions that I just couldn't understand that were locked in my system. So that's fascinating because we had a guest on the podcast earlier um, called Carl Davies and he talks about how traumas and emotions uh, uh, can lock themselves in the body and manifest themselves as illness. So you know, ultimately what we feel mentally, emotionally, manifests itself in terms of injuries, illnesses, chronic fatigue, syndromes, those kind of things. So it sounds like what you're saying there is like your process, the method that you work with, that you've developed, is very much about releasing those kind of locked in traumas. Correct, yeah. And that's what I found was when trauma is locked within the body, it, it manifests and shows itself in different areas. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, from what I saw of myself is sometimes just releasing my ankle will bring an emotional um, release that will then release maybe my shoulder or release the tension I'm holding on my back. And I just couldn't understand it for, for months. 
mm. until I started treating people uh, and then started understanding that if you press the right areas and understand that where the trauma is hidden in, within the body, it will help someone else release their emotions. So, Andrew, uh, you know, I've had a bit of a traumatic journey over the last six months. Do you feel that there may be trauma locked up in my body as well? So everybody has trauma locked up somewhere in the body. Okay. Um, but it's about finding that right place. And as soon as you press that one button, which could be anywhere within the body, um, yes, people almost instantly start talking. And when they start talking, sometimes they start talking, it'll take them back to their past, it'll take them back to something that's happened where they start to release. So Mahendra, uh, as you said, like, you know, touching on particular points would bring up emotional trauma. I've had somewhat of a traumatic few months. Um, Shall we see what's locked up in my body? Yeah, let's do that. Let's see what we can pick up. So again, your chest muscles here are tight Mm -hmm. on your left shoulder. If I press there, you can feel that that's kind of sensitive and tight in that area. If I compare it to that side, to your right, you can feel there's more of a dip there and it's relaxed. Yeah. On on your left, you can feel it's a lot more tighter. And I can also feel when you press there, my head kind of feels like a little bit... Yeah, it feels like it's getting pulled. Yeah. Yeah. So again, the muscles that all attach in different ways are getting pulled within here. So from a deeper sort of emotional stroke spiritual perspective, what does that mean or what does that represent? So again, it's, it could be pulling on what we call the chakras. Mm-hmm. So, you know, being on, being on the chest, it's going to be passing through the throat. So affecting your throat chakra, which then affects your third eye, which then gets us to overthink. And when we start overthinking things, it can take... I've never part. overthunk anything in my life. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, well... This is the problem that when we have traumatic accounts, there we go. Yeah. And that's that release. And if I press that, you'll see that there's a different feeling mm. within that. So some people may have a traumatic release through that, emotional releases. Sometimes you could feel that right now that feels more relaxed. Yeah. And it's not sure. pulling on your head anymore. No. So again, what that's already done is relax the throat chakra. So, you know, from your perspective, like when you were having your treatments, what was coming up? What was getting released for you? Uh, I think for me, it was, I couldn't understand a lot of stuff that was happening to me because nobody was explaining to me. Even though Marius is saying it's going to be emotional release, I didn't know what this emotion was. I didn't understand where it was coming from. Yes, I'd had this accident, but I just couldn't understand why I couldn't stop crying. I just couldn't understand why I was so angry. Um, so he would release, for instance, my hip, and I would be angry. I just want to scream. I want to shout. Um, just tears come out of my eyes, and I just couldn't understand. I could not stop these tears. Hmm. But then, when I had time to reflect back on it, it took me back to a child, to what I went through as a child, and the problems I had. So for me, it was the problems I had with my feet as a child had probably put a lot of stress on my hips where I'd probably stored a lot of my trauma. Uh, That had been locked there for years because I remember being so angry and thoughts had come back where as a child, I remember wanting to bang my head against the wall because I was in so much pain. There's no no controlling what's going to come up and from all the releases I've had with Marius and I still have 
treatments and sometimes I still have traumatic releases that come through um, because there's no knowing how many traumas and emotional blockages you have. So these traumas you're describing came before your accident? Yeah, as a child I had club feet. I had my feet broken so many times by the hospital to try and correct my ankles. So walking in school with crutches and plasters and cord, all sorts of names, um, not being able to make it in school in time. So a lot of trauma as a, as a child, a lot of trauma, trauma as a child, a lot of pain. For four or five years of my life as a child, I remember having my ankles broken and being put in um, steel shoes where they, they have metal bars running up the side of your legs. Mm. So I used to walk in them for four years of my life. And then you attracted this experience of this serious accident into your life as well. Yes. So, again, even before the accident, when we were going to get married, uh, when, I, when I, I met Mira, my wife, and we were going to get married, again, there was some more emotional trauma going on there. You know, it was just about how am I going to fund the wedding and stuff because, you know, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't working full time. I was working part time. So them little bits of stress were on my head. Um, but after the wedding and stuff where I thought all my life was happy and no worries at all. Um, working hours uh, as a chippy. Mm. Yeah, I used to work sometimes 21 hours a day as a chippy really. Um, again, because we just bought our property and um, you know, you borrow money of friends and you, 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 pr you promise that you're going to pay it back within so many years. So that was one of the, the conditions. So I started working silly hours. Mm. And then after the, uh, just before we managed to pay that off, I had the accident. For me, again, I remember coming home and the only thing I can see was eyes. That's all I can, I can't explain you know, what it felt like, it was just transparent eyes everywhere. The minute I opened my eyes, I would see eyes just staring back at me. Wow. And it would be hundreds of eyes. It would be angry, soft, hate. It would be all the emotions going through you at once. Um, and you just couldn't explain what these eyes were. They were so scary that you almost wanted to shut your eyes and just, just just get rid of them. You just didn't want to be in that room. So, okay, that sounds like a, you know, a very deep spiritual experience. And I know people that work with things like shamanic sacred medicines that have those kind of visions in the kind of the depths of their journey. Um, so what is your take? What is your perception? What is your understanding of what that was? At the time, I didn't understand it at all. Uh, again, I used to see psychologists and Call um, CBT therapist, and when I used to explain to them, they were just telling me that it's depression, um, and you know it's not surprising through what you've gone through in your accident that you know you you you'll be getting thoughts and visualizing things, I suppose. Um, and they wanted to put me on antidepressants, which when you don't know anything better, you take them. You you do whatever you're told. Um, but it was, I would say, about six years after that that I met um, a shamanic healer. And it was the shamanic healer who explained what them eyes were. 
And that's when I understood from the Shema Healer that it was me passing to the other side. Um, and again, spiritually, um, I'd come back from the other side and these eyes had followed me. That's how I understood it. Um, I haven't done enough research into it myself, but that's how I understand. And whose eyes were they? They were spirits from the other side. They were just were looking for me or didn't want me to go. You know, I visited the other side and it was attachments that I had picked up. And it was something that um, she done that helped me to get, get rid of these eyes. Uh, and that's why, you know, um, I really believe when she said that I visited the other side because she'd done some healing process on me um, that helped me get rid of them. But Mahendra, you didn't just go and visit the other side, you came back with some gifts. You came back yes. with some healing gifts and that's, you know, where we find ourselves today, me lying on your couch with your healing touch, with your tremendous healing powers. And you know, tell me about that because it wasn't just what you learned. You've clearly got some divine guidance with the work that you do. And this definitely sounds like a gift you brought with you from your visit to the other side. Mm -hmm. I, I can, there, there's, there's things that even I can't explain sometimes. So through my practice, when I'm working on people, and again, like I said, I've had a lot of good teachers um, who've helped me to be where I am. But sometimes I just can't explain that while I'm working on someone, it's almost like, whether you call it a voice or whether you call it being guided, it's something that will just say to me that actually it's not that, it's this. Mm. You know, I'll be working on your shoulder and somebody will say, look, don't bother work, working on your shoulder, go and have a look at this hip. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, uh, uh, that's something I can't explain. And people who do massage and do healing would, would understand exactly where I'm coming from. But with that is that you just can't explain where this other voice comes from. There's something deep inside me that I've never experienced before as a, as, as a builder or that I can ever say that I've always had. So I can, I can honestly say that after the accident, something definitely has woken up inside me and is guiding me. That little voice that's guiding you, so let's just tune into that for, for the moment, Mahendra. So what's that little voice telling you right now about me? What are you feeling and picking up from, from my body? So... When I started working on you, first of all, we picked up that your leg length. Mm. And again, straight away, that's what's telling me it's a hip. From working on your hip, I was told it's your left shoulder. And then it's energies. Okay. And then I'm picking up things like your chakra, which I mentioned your throat chakra straight up to you, uh, that you know, your throat chakra has just been slightly misaligned. Mm. Um, and again, that could be because sometimes you want to speak up and you have to hold back because you don't want to say something. Um, that's what I'm picking up with you is just to throw chakra slightly out. Um, and again, it's, it's different for everybody. And sometimes I, I can't explain, but again, you get visited by guides. Mm. Yeah. And I could be working on someone like yourself and you, you get something as a spirit or a guide come in, um, and give you a message. So should we do that? Should we just go through the process and see what you come up and what else needs to be fixed and mm -hmm. we see if any messages come through any guidance yeah. is offered? That's fine. Mm -hmm. We'll do some Reiki on you. So what I'm going to do is do your chakras. I'm just going to hover my hand over and just view your chakras. Okay. 
And do I need to do anything? No, you're just going to relax there. And if you feel anything, just, just let me know. You may feel a tingling or you may feel some heat. So I'm just going to lie here and relax. You lie there and relax and you feel. I definitely feel foot warmth and tingling. Yeah, so I'm picking up your solar plex here. Oh, yeah. Feel. Oh, yes. Yeah. What's that deal that? So your solar plex is quite high up. Yeah, that feels kind of tight and weird. Mm. So the solar plex is overworking itself. What does that mean? means you're not grounded and you're picking up other people's energies. I think you said this to me last time. Correct. And you haven't done what you're supposed to be doing, which is grounding. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting one. We need you to ground a lot deeper. So it looks like you're trying to ground or you've been trying to ground because you're on the surface. But when you're grounding yourself, it, it, it seems like you're grounding yourself just on top of the earth. You're not actually grounding yourself deep enough. You're not rooting. And that's why you keep on picking up these energies and you're getting drained when you're around too many people. Yeah. Yeah, so your solar plex is quite far up. It's really overworking. And that's what's attracting you to negativity. So negative people will be almost attracted to your positive energies that you're sending out. Which then they draw upon you and take your negative, your positive energy and leave you with their negative energy. Yeah, that's kind of a really disconcerting feeling I've got going on right now. So we're going to just try and align. <clears throat> kind of feel a little bit sick. your chakras, so your throat chakra and your solar plex we're trying to balance. That's your chakras. Yeah, it made me feel really sick and yeah. It's just like all this energy was kind of coming up. It's a very did strange it, feeling. Did it feel like you wanted to blow something yeah. out? Yeah. Yeah. Or scream or just like ah kind of and that's energies that you're holding on to. <sighs> Just going to try and ground you. So what you're saying is my grounding exercises are not working. So you're not grounding deep enough, you're not rooting yourself deep enough. What you're doing is you're grounding yourself and your roots are basically staying on the surface. It's about actually visualising your roots breaking through the earth and going deep into the ground. Okay. And almost interlocking into each other, which means they can't be pulled out. Okay. There you go. And I've just grounded you just now. I've just been pulling. I'm not sure if you can feel anything on your legs. I feel like my legs are being pulled down a little bit. Yeah. And that's just, just pulling your energies down at the moment. So, Manjo, we spoke earlier about, you know, you have your divine guidance that 
-hmm. helps you to find where the issues are. I guess if I had to describe where I am right now, I feel a sense of divine connection, mm -hmm. where I feel a bit more detached from my physical self and more connected at a deeper level. Yeah. And as, as you released some of that tension in my body, I felt myself kind of energetically expanding. Mm -hmm. And now I feel quite light and floated, less connected to f my physical form. Yeah. It's a kind of a strange feeling. Well, that makes sense because whenever I treat, well, most people say the same thing to me when they finish treatment is they just can't explain why they feel so light um, and just feel that it's not their body. They feel the heaviness out of their body just release and they feel lighter within themselves, they feel more energy. Some people say they feel tired and that's because their body wants to allow them to go to sleep so it can start working on itself. Yeah, that's how I feel right now. I feel like just give me a blanket and close the lights behind you. Um... Exactly, that's, that makes complete sense. And that's when the body's just sometimes overworked itself yeah. and it just needs time now to recharge and just heal itself. So you obviously went through that same process yourself of mm -hmm. having to switch off and recharge and how long did your body have to switch itself off to heal itself? It was, oh gosh, it was months and years. I think if I put everything together all the years, I think there's times when I still want to switch off and I still want time to heal myself. Um, I think sometimes we just try and run before we've actually finished you know, what, what, what we're doing really. Um, I, th I think sometimes we're just trying, you know, get away from things that we're doing because we don't want to see these challenges. I'm scared of finishing certain things. And sometimes when I'm scared of finishing things, our, our body wants to take us back there every time. But we just don't want to do it. We just don't want to face whether it's responsibility or whatever you want to call it. There's, there's things that you just don't want to do because you're scared of facing it. Your body will keep going there until you've faced that challenge. So essentially what you're saying is like really listening to your body and paying attention to the feedback it's offering. Correct, correct. So, you know, you know the core part of your healing process where you were literally like shut down, how long was that? Because if, if I understand correctly, you were in a medically induced coma for a period of time. I was in a coma, I think, for two or three days mm -hmm. uh, where, yes, I was shut down. Um, and then even when I come out, come, come out and to the real world, if that's what you want to call it, there was times when I just wanted to be just shut down again and just, 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 just leave this world. I, I, I couldn't explain, you know, how, how I felt or what, what I wanted to do. It was almost just like I wanted to close my eyes and my body just wanted to heal itself. It just wanted to recharge. Um, but I just couldn't understand. I just couldn't understand what my body was asking me to do. Uh, but now when I look back, um, I quite understand that it just wants you to sit, sit down and just really meditate and listen to it. Because when you listen to the body, it actually tells you what's wrong with it. And it tells you what it wants. 
but it's just finding that time to actually sit and listen. So effectively what you're saying is you've learned the language of the body, you've learned how to communicate with the physical body and pick up the messages it offers and understand what to do with those messages. Correct, yeah. I've understood it not only for myself but for others as well. That's so when I'm working with somebody, it's almost like I'm in tune with their body. Um, and often again, a lot of people say to me that, how come you know my body better than I know it? Mm. Uh, and again, it's because I'm in tune with your body. When I'm working on your body, I'm completely focused on you. You know, my attention is on your body. And again, that's why I get the messages and that's why I get the releases for you that, that you need. Sometimes I even get emotional releases for you. I originally came across you, Mahindra, when I broke my back a couple of years ago. And I was going through a bit of a tough time and someone gave me your details. I remember it took me like three or four months to get a booking with you. So you went from being a chippy to having this horrific accident to healing yourself to now becoming a highly sought after healer and therapist. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it took me a while to get to see you, but when I did, I was amazed at the, the, the experience and the results that I got. So tell me about the work that you do today. So now, not only do I hold a busy practice in what I do or what you've experienced, but I want to share that. So I'm, you know, I teach Reiki. Uh, I'm also getting my courses together where I can teach people how to massage. So therapists who are already qualified as massage therapists or sports therapists, I want to be able to teach them what I do and how to listen to the body um, and you know how to massage. I'm not saying that they don't know how to massage, I'm saying to show them what I've learned over my years of experience of releasing certain muscles will help release other connective muscles in a, in, in a different order. Uh, and that's what I'm trying to get now is teach people how to massage in a different way. Mandra, it's fantastic that you're teaching other therapists to, to, to be able to practice your methodology. However, obviously, as you've already expressed, there's an, a level of divine guidance around what you do. Is that something you can teach other therapists? Um, it's funny you say that. Is I've, I've been helping to train another therapist who, who works alongside me. And over the two years I've been helping to train, she's basically said to me that she now almost understands what I'm coming from. That she understands that she does work on someone's body and feel that she's being spoken to. And that is again from what I try and teach people is, is listen. Mm. Is don't, don't look, uh, you know, uh, it's the classic thing that everybody does is, is look for problems in the body. Um, but as a therapist, that's why I try and teach other therapists is look, stop looking. You're not going to see nothing. And it's interesting you say that because obviously one of the consequences of your experience is you lost your sight. And, sorry, yeah. uh, and you're telling people not to look for things but to hear and feel. Correct. And how much of your sight do you have left? So I think it's about 30% I've got left. Okay. Uh, but everything within that is double. So I have no peripheral vision at all. Um, and I can't judge distance. So if you saw me outside, you'd see me with a white cane. Uh, and that's just purely because I just can't judge distance. So it's amazing because you lost your field of vision, but you developed the ability to hear messages. 
Yeah. Um, and, and that was some divine guidance and, yeah. and sense that came as a result of that. Mm-hmm. What other sort of long-term consequences you had from your accident and experiences? So again, it's just all the medication and stuff that doesn't help. But again, with the power of meditation and the power of just trying to heal my own self, mm. I've, come, I've come off two medications that I've been using for 20 years. Wow. Um, that again hospitals can't explain how I've managed to come off it over after 20 years when this medication is from my pituitary gland which secretes all the medication over your body um, and they can't explain it because that is three quarters dead really it doesn't it's not it's not there really mm. um, so they can't understand how my body's now basically fixing itself I can only put that down to my meditations that's fascinating yeah. So Mahendra, the depths of your experience, the doctors obviously told you you'll never see again, you may never walk again, you won't have children. Now that could have prevented you from having a full and happy life. But from my understanding, that's not the case, is it? No. So again, um, when I was told that I wouldn't be able to have children, uh, again, due to the damage of the pituitary gland, um, I don't know where it's come from and how I was able to work on my own pituitary gland, whether it was from the great divine or, um, we have two children. Um, wow. and again, that was natural. It was, we didn't have to go for any kind of treatment. Uh, and again, doctors just can't explain it. They just can't explain how and why. <laughs> so so you've got, you got two children, you've recovered what, 30% of your sight. And you're standing here in front of me as we're having this conversation. So clearly you're able to stand and walk. It's, it's amazing. It's astounding, actually, that you've managed to fly in the face of what uh, the, the medical prognosis was. Mm-hmm. So, again, I've, I'm not going to say that I'm, you know, I've, I've, I'm completely out of pain. I, I still am in a lot of discomfort. You see me walk with a limp. and um, But... Is one of them things you have to overcome some of the pain and you just accept accept it um, and work through it it's one of the, you know, my job allows me to switch off from the pain so so what have you learned along the way you know through all your experiences from the childhood of club feet from the, the accident and the serious injuries and the recovery process you know what's been your overriding life lessons through this experience so i think one thing i've learned is the world wants to put you in a certain direction and if you don't listen to it, it will do what it can to push you onto a direction that it wants you to follow. Whether that means an accident or whether it means closing several doors and opening other doors for you, it'll, it almost gives you two doors to go through. And if you don't, if you go through the wrong door, it will either provide an accident or it'll try and force you into another direction. Um, and I think listening is one thing I've learned. I can relate to that in my own experience. I found the way I would describe it is when I'm walking the path that doesn't serve me, that doesn't take me towards my destiny, I get a fucking baseball bat around the head. And like quite literally, you know, I've had a baseball bat around the head and it sounds like the universe has delivered you similar tough but valuable lessons. Correct, yeah. And this is what I'm always saying to people is just listen. How, how do you feel about those lessons that the universe has delivered for you? Now I look back at them, 
Uh, yet many people would say, my God, you know, you've lost your vision, you, you've lost this, you've lost that. But to me, it's, it's put me in a position where I'm really happy. Mm. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I can't really say that I'm, I'm not happy. I, I, I'm so happy where I am because I'm helping others. I, I love my job. Um, I'm doing things that, that I never thought possible for me. Um, you know, for, for me, it's, it's put me in a direction that I should be going in. It kind of, from the way you're describing it, it sounds like you're almost grateful for these experiences. Oh, I, I feel I should have listened in the first place. That's how I feel, yes. So people can say, well, you lost your eyesight, you lost your sense of smell, you've got other mobility problems. I have, but there's better things out there for me. You know, this, uh, this job takes me away from all that pain. Do you think you could have got in a Hendra without this serious and significant experience, without the accident and everything that went with it? Or do you think you needed that to find this path in your life? I can't see myself ever getting here without that accident. I think the accident made me. Um, and I think it's because of the accident, it's directed me into this direction and made me who I am. Right. And there's very few people that look at some of the most toughest, most serious, significant challenges in their life as gifts. And the way you're describing it is, is very much as a gift. And there's a lesson in there for all of us. And I know that in the deepest, darkest depths of my experiences, that you know, I didn't recognize them as gifts, but in hindsight, I now see such value in them. And I'm so grateful for having those. Yeah, and the same thing is, I remember at the time of the accident how I kept on saying why me, why me and blaming everybody else around me and just just hate. Uh, but now I look back and I actually understand it. You know, I understand that it, it had a different direction for me. Um, and this is it and this is why I thank the universe every day. If people want to find out more, I know that they probably have to wait for months to get a booking <laughs> with you, but if people did want to find out more either about having a treatment with you or... To, to train with you, how would they do that? So they go through my website, which is www.mciani.co.uk and you get all the information on that with the training and um, all the courses I offer. Perfect. We'll make sure the links are posted on the Facebook page. So as ever, like, comment, share, stay in touch, stay part of the conversation. This is another incredible life-changing conversation with an ordinary person doing extraordinary things. Mahendra Siani, thank you so much for being today's guest. And um, I look forward to coming back and having a treatment with you again in the future. <laughs> thank you.